0: Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having an incredible week. Um, I'm having an incredible week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Fletcher Ellingson. Fletcher is a speaker, coach, and creator of the practice of feeling good in business and life. He helps entrepreneurs break free from financial struggle, management overwhelm, and persistent worry. His clients discover how to think radically differently than they have in the past. And as a result, they spend more time doing what they love and contribute to their families and communities at a higher level. Fletcher has studied with some of the best minds in the personal development industry. In addition to over 25 years of speaking and performing for audiences across the United States, he and his wife, Dr. Amy Ellingson, host a weekly television show during which they address topics of health, wealth, and relationships. Fletcher, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm happy
0: to be here. No, I'm excited to uh, have the conversation. So, I, I got to say financial struggle, management overwhelm, and persistent worry. Isn't that all part of being an entrepreneur?
1: It is all part of being an entrepreneur. And, you know, I really believe it's what kills a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah. And it's not that we can escape it, but we just need to learn how to navigate it more powerfully.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, I definitely want to learn more about that, learn about the programs you have. The TV show, that's new. I didn't realize you had a TV show. And then uh, we have a couple other topics we'll cover. But before we get started, I've got some questions. Uh, These are questions that I ask every one of my guests. Questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood stars of TV, film, stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So... I have 10 questions for you, sir. If you're ready. Uh, Let's do it. All right. Question number one. What is your favorite
1: word? Ooh, my favorite word. I'm going to say possibility. Possibility. What is your least favorite word? Hate. What turns you on? Mm, Transformation. Okay. What turns you off? Judgment. Judgment
0: nice. What sound or noise do you love?
1: Do I love? Yeah. Uh, Ooh, that's a good one. I just got back from Maui. I love the sound of the ocean. Oh yeah.
0: Excellent. What sound or noise do you hate?
1: (laughs) The the scraping fork on a plate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You've talked to my wife, clearly. You've talked to my wife because she <laughs> needs that too. Um, question seven, what is your favorite curse word?
1: Well, the F word is a very uh, versatile curse word. So I'll go with versatile. that one.
0: Yeah. Useful. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
1: As I get older, and I, I have a, a greater interest in... Uh, lawyering attorney.
0: Okay. Nice. What profession would you not like to attempt? Surgeon. <laughs> All right. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: It's good to see you.
0: It's good to see you. <laughs> and it is good to be seen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very cool. All right. Let's so we're going to come back. We're going to talk about uh, the, the practice of feeling good in business and life. We're going to talk about your TV show, some of the things that you've done, including uh, your year-long experiment, right? We're going to cover all of that and more. Uh, so listeners stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. So stick with us. well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my business success mastermind group. Join my business success mastermind group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And we are back with my guest, Fletcher Ellingson. Fletcher, good to see you again. Good to talk you to you. And I'm excited to have you on the show. Thank you for agreeing to be a guest. So uh, tell me about how you got started. How did you get started in all this? Did, I mean, you didn't, at at a young age, did you say, I'm going to take over the world and teach them how to do these things? Or how did you get into this?
1: Well, you're not too far off. (laughs) I was a bit of an oddball, Harlan. Uh, In in elementary school, I was introduced to an inspirational speaker who came to our school. And a very long story short, 40 years later, I just reconnected with that same speaker about two years ago. I oh. looked him up to see if he, first of all, if he was still living and he was, he's a, uh, I think he's in his early eighties living up in Alaska. And I reached oh. out to him uh, to tell him a little bit about my life and to thank him for coming to our school when I was oh. in the fourth grade, uh, because he really set me on the track of personal development. And then in sixth, uh, I remember in sixth grade, I was turned on to um, Norman Vincent Peale's The Power of Positive Thinking. Absolutely. And my dad, uh, I remember this, I'll never forget. It. My dad came out, he walked out on the front porch and walked down the stairs. I was sitting on the stairs and I was reading a book. And he said, he said, hey, what are you reading, Fletch? And I said, uh, The Power of Positive Thinking. And he just kind of stopped. And he's like, Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking? I was like, yeah. And he's just like, wow, you are an odd kid. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it actually did start at quite an early age. I didn't think about taking over the world, but I was, I've always been fascinated by human psychology and, um, and the personal, personal evolution.
0: Absolutely. So who was the guy up in Alaska? If, if people want to look him up and see who this person was that inspired
1: you, who was it? Um, oh my gosh, it just totally went out of my head. Uh, I, I'll come back to that. I'll come back to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Cause that'd be interesting. And you know, we all have those people that for whatever reason come into our lives and you don't think much about it at the time. And then you point back and you go, you know what? That was a pivotal point for me.
1: Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Very you cool. know, I, 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 well, I don't remember his name. I remember his message was start the day with positive PDA. Okay. So, or, sorry, positive PMA, positive mental attitude.
0: Positive mental attitude. Yeah, Very good. Yeah. We could all use that. Absolutely. So cool. So, okay. So you did that. You were an oddball kid, but you, you, came out obviously, um, very well. And, uh, so when did you start doing this? When did you start becoming a speaker and a coach?
1: Yeah. You know, uh, different. uh, So I studied after high school, I went into, uh, an art school, Cornish college of the arts in Seattle. I was going to pursue acting. And so I auditioned there and I got in and I did that Then dropped out of college and went to travel to Europe and, uh, came back and re-enrolled in school. But this time, uh, I went into the ministry. I was or preparing to go into the ministry, so I went in and uh, began studying uh, a four-year program for biblical studies because um, I was going to go become a pastor. And then uh, my 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 journey winds all over the place. Uh, I was also an avid magician, uh, and so I loved performing magic. And so uh, after I graduated, graded, I decided. I want to take a a year or two off just to see how far I can go with magic. So I pursued that for a couple of years and had a blast. I've been a performing magician for over 30 years and it's just, it's taught me so much. I was like one of those guys on the, on the street corner, you know, like down at Pike place market in Seattle, like, you know, my table cards, you know, gathering a crowd. And I really learned so much about human psychology, doing that and how to, how to entertain and how to manage a crowd. Uh, Um, and then my wife and I went into another business. We moved that crashed and burned. Cause I didn't have the business sense <laughs> that went along with my, my enthusiasm. Uh, and then I helped uh, build up a, a technology firm. And that was the point that where my business crashed and burned, I really hit rock bottom. And uh, I mean, where we you know, we qualified for food stamps. I had a family of five, uh, a mortgage and zero income and $20,000 worth of credit card debt. Uh, not the good kind of debt. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, And it was at that point where I really dove into personal development and started rebuilding my life and uh, helped build this technology company. And I was responsible for going traveling around the, the country, doing internet marketing seminars and working with tons and tons, uh, you know, like thousands of, of entrepreneurs. And that's when I really found my voice, my niche and my passion of working with entrepreneurs and helping them get to that next place. Cause I was able to identify patterns. I was working with so many people. I was hearing the same thing over and over where people were getting stuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll be no surprise to you that where they were getting stuck every single time was their mindset yeah and uh, and that's and then uh, and then about 5 years or close to 5 or close to 6 years ago i made the final jump into doing coaching full time
0: yeah and mindset it can be so subtle too it's not oh. the big things we say to ourselves it's those little things
1: right you nailed it yeah it's like it's the there all those thoughts that are kind of camouflaged so well that we don't even realize that they're being spoken in in our mind
0: yeah and it's, uh, I heard somebody and I forget exactly who it was now talking about how, you know, somewhere in our past, somebody said something to us and we accepted that as the truth. And we carry yeah. that truth with us. It's like, why, why do we do that to ourselves? You know?
1: Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that, uh, it's just fascinating. The human mind is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I will never understand. <laughs> Certainly how my mind works, much less anybody <laughs> else's. So as you're working with these people, helping them, you know, we talked at the beginning about the the financial struggle, management, overwhelm, pers- persistent worry. That is all part of being in business. That's part of life. Yes. How do you help people? How do you help them to to manage that and deal with that and use it in a, in a more positive way, I guess?
1: Yeah. And, you know, this is, and this ties into why I was attracted uh, to your podcast, The Courage to Lead, because I really do think it comes down very much to courage. And the way I define courage is it's the act of creating an empowering and compelling story. So, so as we set out in our entrepreneurial journey, there are a lot of things that we come up against that seem extremely fearful Uh, right? They're very frightening. We've never seen them before. We don't know how to navigate them. And uh, our mind automatically creates this story uh, that doesn't feel good. It doesn't serve us. And we want to fight or flight, right? Obviously. And, And so the act of courage is to see past this. It's to say, look, here is a fearful story. If I focus on it, it's going to It's going to determine the actions that I take. And so what I'm committed to doing is stepping into a place of courage, which requires me to create a new possibility uh, that is completely different from the story that I have been focusing on. And when I focus on that story of what's possible, it feels so good. I'm willing to endure the, uh, the, uh, the, the discomfort and move through it. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I think that if we, if we learn that as entrepreneurs, then what's possible is really exciting.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's encouraged. Uh, like you said, is the action you have to yeah. take action, right? I can have courageous thoughts sitting in the comfort of my own home, right? On the couch with my fuzzy slippers, I can have all kinds of thoughts, but if I don't do something with it, yeah. it's not really, not really courage. And Will Smith, I love his quote where he says that fear is a choice, right? Danger is real but fear is a choice. You can look and see that something is dangerous, but you make a plan, you follow the plan, you you get through it and stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I always try to reframe. So the, the practice of feeling good is bringing an empowering story to whatever situation is at hand. Um, and when I say the practice of feeling good, I don't mean just feeling happy. I mean, feeling safe or inspired mm-hmm. or open, willing, connected, right? All of these things under the umbrella of that word good. So, and I, and I love that concept of, when fear is present, when you have chosen a fearful story, it also means that there's a wonderful opportunity to be courageous, right? It's, it's the only time we can be courageous is when, as, when fear is present. So I love that. So I always tell my clients, courage is the gift of fear. So yes. keep an eye open for it.
0: Love it. Do you have any stories? Uh, one of the ones, uh, a client that you've helped through a fear that they had?
1: Yeah. Uh recently there was a client who was petrified of reaching out, uh kind of cold calling, if you will. Uh he was in the real estate business and he was just absolutely um paralyzed when it came with to him.
0: I hate cold calling, absolutely. I'm with yeah,
1: him. yeah, we many of us do, right? Yeah. Um so we had all the stories we so we explored all those stories, you know. He's He's a bother, he's being bothersome or a nuisance or annoying or the guy or if the, the potential client won't have time or he'll be upset whatever we, we worked through all of that and uh, and then we said what would be possible if what would be possible if you stepped into courage what would be possible what's the story that would need to happen um, to compel you to draw you forward into action and uh, and so this person was a real estate agent and it was a, like a one point $2 million listing and, and, uh, the house wasn't on the market yet. And this was during COVID as well. So there were all sorts of, there was, uh, all sorts of stuff going on. Right. He had all sorts of reasons not to do it, yeah. but we worked, we worked through a compelling story. He got very excited about it. And then in that peak state, we, a- I asked him to take action. So we're going to hang up the phone. Now your next phone call is to this guy simply just to inquire if he's interested in meeting. Well, sure enough, he was interested in meeting. My client got the $1.2 million listing. And a few months later that one hour phone call turned out to be worth $35,000 commission to him. So that was, that was an, that was an exciting win.
0: Wow. All right. I'm going to have to schedule some time with you because like I said, I I just don't like, I I go through all that same, uh, you know, head talk myself. I'm bothering them. I'm interrupting their day. I'm you know, forcing myself into their world and everything like that need to definitely, definitely overcome that. Um, You had an experiment that you did for a full year. Yeah. About Uh, rejection. Tell me about your rejection.
1: Yeah. The rejection experiment. So as I, as I was getting deeper and deeper into personal development and coaching and uh, wanting to build my business and um, get to the next level in my business and my marriage and my, uh, relationships, and just in life in general, I realized one of the things that was holding me back was my fear of rejection. And I re- and so I decided, I made a powerful decision that I was going to become a master asker, so, uh, which means I can freely ask for anything. Okay. Now, so, so I set out to make the, I set out to, um, on this rejection experiment, and i'll tell you the rules of the game and then i'll and then i'll let you take it from there but the rules of the game were one i had to make audacious and ridiculous requests of people that would almost certainly result in them saying no right okay. and i also could not tell them ahead of time why i was making the request i couldn't say hey i'm doing this rejection experiment no i just had to they didn't know me. Oh, and the third, third thing, the third criteria was that it had to make me really, really nervous. Like I had, there had to be a level of fear involved, right? Okay. And, uh, and so, and I figured if I could do this, if I could learn how to make ridiculous requests of people where they were certainly probable, uh, probable uh, probably likely to say no, I would get really good at making requests the sting of rejection would lose its sting and it just would roll off my back. And so I set out with a series of rejection rejection experiments that had incredible uh, results and stories.
0: So yeah, tell us a couple of those stories.
1: Yeah. So uh, one of them was on a trip down to Mazatlan, Mexico, my wife and I were going on vacation and I knew I was going to have to do these rejection experiments while I was down there. Cause part of the thing I'd set up for was like, I had to do them every week. Hmm. And so on the plane, I decided when we get to the resort, I'm going to find the manager who, uh, who sells timeshares there to uh, the tourists. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask if I can leave their sales meeting while I'm there on vacation. Now there's no reason he would say yes to this. Uh, I, I don't have any sort of history with him to like, as a speaker or a coach or anything, but I found him, his name was Mario and uh, he ended up actually being a, a, a guest on my, on, on my show too. But I found Mario and I said, Hey Mario, my name is Fletcher. I'd like to speak with you for 10 minutes or so. And just 10 minutes. If it goes beyond that, you know, great. Um, so we, we met, we talked, I, I shared about what I did. And at the end of the conversation, he said, I'd like to have you come and leave my sales meeting. Because I asked, I said, "I would like to meet. I would like to lead your sales meeting while I'm here." He said, uh, "Not only can you do it, I'm going to make it required that all 50 of my agents show up for it." Wow! And so, uh, one of those mornings, I don't remember which morning it was, Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever, but 50 agents showed up. We had a fantastic sales rally. Uh, When I saw those people on the resort later, we were high fiving and. And then they found out my wife is a family uh, physician. So they asked her to come back another one of the mornings while we were there and give a 30 minute talk on how to effectively create health and vitality because they really wanted their agents to, to embrace health and vitality because they have a demanding job, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so we ended up going back for a second sales meeting that week. And so that was an example of, a ridiculous and audacious request where I was certain they were going to say no. Not only did they say yes, then they invited us back for a second meeting. Wow! Um, yeah. So that, I mean, so that was an example. Um, i got a whole bunch. Do you, do you want me to? Yeah. Another one? Uh,
0: tell me, tell me about ping pong.
1: Oh yeah. Ping pong. <laughs> so ping pong was uh, when we were down in Los Angeles, visiting my uh, wife's in-laws and I was on a morning walk. Again, I had these rejection experiments on my brain because I, I knew I had to do one. Uh, and I was just walking down, enjoying the, the pleasant L.A. weather. And I walked past a home and the home was to my left and it was uh, uh, on a little bit of an incline. And the garage door was open and I could see that they had a ping pong table in there. And I just kept walking and then I stopped and I was like, oh, shucks. I love ping pong. Now I know what I oh I got to do this. I can't. So I'd already started to feel this discomfort, this fear arise, because I knew I was gonna have to do something. And so it was also going to, it was also especially uh, uncomfortable because I had to cross a a private property line. And so I crossed their property line, I went up the driveway, knocked on the door. Uh, Of course, I don't know these people. And uh, I hear the dog barking and then a lady opens the door and she says, can I help you? And I said, I said, Hey, my name is Fletcher. Uh, I'm from Washington state. I'm just in town visiting some in-laws. But as I was walking by, I noticed you have a ping pong table there. And I was wondering if anybody would be up for some ping pong this morning. And, and Harlan frequently, when I make these requests, this is what happens next. There was a long silence and then followed by what, right? Or, or, <laughs> or what did you say? Or Can you repeat that? Right. It's kind of a pattern interrupt. Uh, It kind of scrambles her mind Mm -hmm. just momentarily. And so I repeated everything I just said. And then she said, hold on a second. She shut the door. I hear some uh, muffled voices in the background. And then her husband comes and opens the door and he says, can I help you? And I said, Oh, sure. Hi, my name is Fletcher. I'm just from repeated everything. I'm from Washington state, taking a walk, saw the ping pong table, would anyone like to take a, uh, have a game of ping pong this morning? And again, silence. And he says, just a second. He shuts the door. More muffled voices. And next, a teenager opens the door. And he says, my dad says you're looking to play ping pong. And I said, yeah, I am. Would you be interested in playing ping pong? He says, sure. So we go out. Play a game of ping pong. He beats me. Says want to go again. And I said absolutely. So we played two games of ping pong, and then I was on my way. And Harlan, I got to tell you, that was that felt so great because I was so so nervous about doing that. Sure. Right. And uh, and they in my mind it was going to be a for sure no. Right. It was going to be a hundred percent no. We don't know you. Get the hell off our property. But the answer was yes. Wow. So, so, you know, one of the two takeaways from this rejection experiment, there were a whole bunch of them, Mm -hmm. but the two takeaways was number one, people said yes way more than they said no. It just absolutely floored me to big things. And second of all, when they did say no, they, I, what I learned was they were not rejecting me. They weren't rejecting Fletcher. They were simply rejecting an offer that I That's had extended to them. That's huge. It is, it is yeah. absolutely huge. It, and, it, and doing that really helped set me free to that next level of being able to ask, and um, which also led me to getting the TV show. Nice. Because it was one of my rejection experiments. Really? It was, yes, absolutely. I was like, I want to have a show. I want to have a television show, a weekly television show where I get in front of people, a a wider audience and bring wonderful content, inspiring content and interview people. And I went and pitched this to a a regional uh, uh, television studio and they loved the idea and they just said, yes. Wow. (laughs) And so we've been, we just celebrated our, our hundredth episode on the TV show. Very nice. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The answer is always no if you don't ask, right?
1: I love it. Yeah, the answer is always no if you don't ask.
0: Wow, that is awesome! Yeah, so and that you say the TV show is just local, is it yeah, regional? Yes, Where
1: yep, so, yeah, regional. For we we live in a uh, we live in north central Washington, um, yeah, we get. It's, the, it's not uh, a lot of people think of Seattle when they think of Washington mm-hmm. kind of rainy, we actually sure. get 300 days of sunshine here. Nice. Uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a beautiful part of the state. And, uh, and so there's a, a, a regional television station, I think a viewership. So like, you know, 50,000 people or something, yeah. but it's, it's wonderful. It's fun. I've learned a lot and it's just been a life enriching experience for me.
0: That is awesome. A year of rejection. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how many people would actually do that and taking your life into your hands in Los Angeles, walking up somebody's <laughs> door, right? I grew up in Southern California. I know what that's like. Yeah. Very scary. So w- where did this courage come from? Where did you find the courage to t- number one, to, to pick this as your your vocation, right? To help people. where did you find the courage to do an experiment like that? Take your life into your hands, um, do mm-hmm. the TV show. Your speaking gigs all over the country. Where, where did that come from?
1: Yeah. um, I think it just, you know, one of the fastest ways to elevate our standards is to get around people who have the standards you want. And I've, I've just been really consistent about surrounding my people, uh, surrounding myself with people who are doing the things that I want to do. Okay. And so just having them, model that constantly for me in a, in a very real way has been very inspiring. And, and so it warms me up to the idea. I see them doing it. I see the results they're getting. And so it allows me just to become more comfortable uh, and eager to, to, to have those results as well. And just being also in this conversation, like I've been in the coaching conversation personally for so many years, right. And just personal development. So seeing and having the opportunity to work with people, uh, it's just, and have them motivate me, inspire me, keep me accountable. You know, one of the great things about coaching Harlan is, is having somebody keep you accountable. Yes. And I think that's, what's also been the, the, in fact, my coach during, during this rejection experiment, I got so scared at one point I got, I just wanted to quit because it, it was, it was nerve wracking because I I'd, I'd be like a new week would start. And I'm like, Oh shoot, I got to do four more rejection experiments. Right. And, and I, and so I got into this rut where I hadn't done any for two or three weeks. And I told my coach this and he said, okay, do you want to do them? I said, yeah, I want to become a master asker. I need to do this. I'm just coming up against myself. I know it. And I'm just, and I'm stalled out. He said, all right, well, will you do what I ask? I said, yeah. What are you asking me to do? He says, no, I want a firm commitment before I ask it. I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. He said, all right after we get off this phone call, I want you to go to Safeway or wherever I want you to buy a, a big can of wet dog food, put it on the counter. So you see it every day. If you don't do your four rejection experiments this week, I want you to film yourself opening that can and eating that dog food and then send it to me. Nice. And he said, Fletcher, I know you're your word. I know you, I know you do what you say you're going to do. So you, and you just agreed to this. Let's make it happen. So I went, got that can of dog food. I literally placed it on my counter with a spoon next to it and a sticky note that had the number four. And I tell you what, I got those rejection experiments done very quickly that week.
0: I had a, a similar, my, my business coach, we were in a, a mastermind group and I'd had some things on my list to do for a while. And he kept saying, he putting them off, putting them off. He goes, no more. We need a challenge. So one of the other guys in the group said, I want you to do a Facebook live and eat a can of dog food. <laughs> I love it. Now, eating the can of dog food didn't scare me. I mean, I've eaten some pretty crazy things, but being on <laughs> Facebook Live, <laughs> I didn't want to do that. So I got my I got my stuff done.
1: Right on, right on.
0: Yeah. But yeah, the accountability is, is huge. Having somebody, like I said, you you can sign up at the gym, but you may not go. But if you had a personal coach that was going to meet you there in the morning, you're not going to leave them hanging. You're going to show up, right? So yes. having that accountability is huge. Exactly. So uh, is there one ask that you you didn't do that you backed away from and never got back to uh
1: there was one where i backed away from uh i'll just tell it really quick It's a short one but i was in starbucks and there was i was gonna uh, i had identified a person in there i was gonna go ask them if they would have a staring contest with me (laughs) Uh, which is which is kind of vulnerable right you're looking into somebody's eyes a stranger and just continuing to gaze and so Uh, I walked across the room. Uh, The person was sitting right next to the door and I walked right out the door (laughs) and got into my car (laughs) and I drove away and I got to the stop sign and I was, I was perspiring. I was nervous. I was, uh, you know, a little shaky. And I was like, hold on. What are you doing? What, what just happened? This is exactly why you want to be able to do this. You, Because all you're fearful of now is literally being rejected. You're fearful of being vulnerable. You're fearful of of making a request, like uttering words. And so I drove back in the parking lot. I took a deep breath, walked in the other door, walked up to that person, sat down. And I said, hey, my name is Fletcher Ellingson. I was wondering if you would uh, take a few seconds and have a staring contest with me. The first person to blink loses. (laughs) And they said, yes. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) They said yes. Wow. Yeah. And so, and that was, that was one that I chickened out on, but I went circled around and and took care of it and, and got a, got a yes.
0: That is awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So now uh, you do, you do coaching and stuff. Is it uh, just like life coaching? Do you work with businesses or is it a little of everything?
1: Yeah, it really is a little bit of everything. Or uh, I started, uh, I've been working with primarily with entrepreneurs um, uh, but my wife is a, uh, a physician. And so we have joined forces on a number of occasions. Um, so, so she does the, uh, the show with me, the TV show with me, mm-hmm. but we also have put on, created a, a, a weekend conference called diabetes smackdown, the okay. ultimate solution. And so we take people who are. Uh, pre-diabetic or are dealing with type two diabetes mm-hmm. and we walk them through a weekend and help them shift their psychology because every, and all the people who show up to it, you know, they know what they should be doing. They know, they know what kind of exercise they should do. Most of them know what they should be eating. The, the question that we get more often than not is why won't I do what I know I should be doing. Mm -hmm. And that's at the core of the, um, curriculum. And so at the end of that weekend, they finally get a glimpse into what's going on, what's driving their behaviors, what's driving their thinking. And that was an incredible uh, uh, seminar. Uh, In fact, three of the people that that were there uh, not only did they begin to reverse their diabetes, they lost a ton of weight, they reduced their uh, blood pressure, their blood sugar, came off medications, and their cloud of depression lifted. Not only did all that happen, but all three of them went on to complete their first ever triathlon. Wow, and one of the women was seventy years old Wow this it was it was really impressive okay. so yeah, so we so definitely uh, focus on entrepreneurs but we do and, uh, uh, focus on other other people as well.
0: So we're, we're back to the mindset thing. What What is it that holds people back? Like you said, most, even my business clients, they know what they should be doing, yes, right? Yes. But they, they don't. Is it some secondary benefit they're getting from not doing that? What is it that holds them back?
1: Yeah. So the thing that's hold, holding them back is, um, you know, I believe people are not feeling good. They're operating from a place of not feeling good. They're operating from a place of fear, self-doubt, insecurity. It's the story that they're focused on, right? Mm-hmm. I always tell my clients, whatever you focus on, you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like when you go to a movie, you go to that movie, you might laugh, you might cry, you might be f- afraid, and all it is is light being shown on a screen. But our, but as you know, our mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not real. And so, what I help people do is literally begin to think different thoughts. What's holding them back is their thinking. What's holding them back is their, their emotional reaction to the thoughts they are thinking. And most of our thoughts are, uh, that show up, they are, they're showing up without our permission, without our consent, without our approval. And you know, it's, it's our automatic thinking. So what I help people do is literally to begin thinking different thoughts than they've ever thought previously. And now that sounds easy. Uh, you know, that sounds like, okay, so I just need to think different thoughts. It's not easy if you don't understand the mind and the brain and how it works. Um, so I have there's a a, a very distinct methodology that I take them through so they actually begin to construct the thoughts they want to think. And and when they begin doing this with repetition, it becomes a habit, right? And and the other the other uh, thoughts they they begin to soften right they're not as loud they're not as frequent and these others become the default so I'll give you a quick example like one of the things I say to myself every day is that I'm resourceful capable and flexible I, that is now a core belief I can't go back to my old story of insecurity right because. Because who I know myself to be now really is resourceful, capable. But if I'm resourceful, capable, and flexible, yeah. there's nothing I can't do. Now well, And now you have evidence. That and proves, now I have evidence. Right? Yes. Yeah. yes. Yes. That evidence just, and I, and I, and I, again, I'm always looking at the evidence, that body of evidence, right? Yeah. And when I focus on that evidence, I, I just, it's clear, oh, I can mm-hmm. do that. Now I may need to b- bring team to it. I, need to, I may need to bring other experts or ask people, right. but I can figure it out.
0: Yeah. But uh, like we were talking about mindset, you know, uh, people, and I've talked to clients about this before, you know, where they say something to themselves. they'll they'll have this, I don't know, phrase that they'll say to themselves, your, your brain doesn't know when you're kidding. Right. Mm. But these people say, how can I be so stupid? Yes. And their subconscious mind says, well, look at your family. They're not the brightest. Look at the people <laughs> you hang out with. They're not <laughs> yes. very bright. And it gives you all the evidence to prove why, you know, you're stupid where it would work exactly the opposite. If you say, I'm resilient, you know, I'm loved, whatever it happens to be, your mind will find evidence to support that and show you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So it really becomes how do I use this brain instead of my brain using me? Right. Very cool. Yeah.
0: Love it. So uh, we talk about the different types of courage that come up, right? There's uh, intellectual courage, the courage to set aside your long held beliefs to make room for new knowledge. There's discipline, courage, setting a plan and sticking to that plan even though it's uncomfortable, um, mm-hmm. moral courage, doing what's right. The social courage the saying what needs to be said, even if it's unpopular. Um, and there's physical courage, spiritual courage, all this stuff. If, is there a type of courage that you see that people are, are either lacking or, or is difficult for them?
1: Yeah. Uh, that is a, that is a really, really good question. I would say, that humans spend so much of their time reacting that there is a courage. Uh, I'm just making this up on the fly, but it might fit into your social courage, but mm-hmm. this, the, the courage to create, okay. the, to create, to create requires massive courage. Yeah, Because as soon as we begin to create, uh, you know, create a vision or create something that inspires us, man, that activates all the the negative self-talk, right? Mm -hmm. So the courage to ask. Yeah. I mean, that's why I did the rejection experiment, the courage to ask to to, to make requests um, because that's part of the create the, 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 that is part of that concept of creating the act of creating is, is going to require some asking, asking of others, asking of the universe, asking of God, you know, whatever it is you believe, but the courage to ask because a lot of us don't think that we are worth it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Deservability. So, yep. Yeah. Huge. So I think, yeah. So it's a great question. I really appreciate that one.
0: And that is tough. Like you said, when you get ready to create something, you're putting part of yourself out there. Yes. And you're going to get comments. You're going to get. And like you learned from your experiment, they're rejecting the idea. They're not rejecting you. Yes. They're rejecting the proposal. They're not really rejecting you. And making that separation is key.
1: Yeah. You know, can I say one more thing about your question? It just came to me. Maybe it's the courage to be seen, Mm. you know, to really be seen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's, uh, I had another lady on the, on the podcast in one of the earlier episodes and that was, that was her big thing. Just the courage to be seen. You know, a lot of people um, you're talking about. Uh, like diabetes and weight, really. There are a lot of people that gain weight and they know that they become almost um, invisible to people. Yes. If you lose that weight, then maybe people will approach you. After, and that's scary for some people. So they keep yes. that weight on so that they, you know, can stay kind of invisible and in the background.
1: Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm.
0: That is huge. Um, so you've done, a, I mean, you've done speaking engagements all over. Mm-hmm. The, the world you've got your TV show that reaches all those people and stuff like that. Um, what's next?
1: <laughs> what's next? Well, I got to tell you, I am enjoying the ride. I really am. Uh, I love working with uh, entrepreneurs one on one. I love going into businesses as well. But I I I love working um, with entrepreneurs. I, I love working with people who just want to, who are open to. Evolving to that next level, whatever whether it's in their marriage or their business or their health and vitality, uh, their finances. Um, So, what's next is uh, my wife. Well, actually, I'll share this. I might as well speak it into existence. Right there, you go. Uh, my wife and I just this uh, past weekend we're talking about, hey, what about t- uh, starting a podcast? Uh, she and I are doing a podcast. And it would be different from our, our TV show in the sense, because when she's on there, she's talking a lot about medical stuff. I bring the psychology and the inspiration. She talks about uh, the medical portion of things, but it, we want to talk more about like from a, a husband and wife team um, and what's going on in our lives and just being more transparent and vulnerable and, and, and be willing, being willing to be seen. And just, uh, cause when I, th- you know, when people are willing to be seen, boy, the ripple effect of that is, is tremendous. Absolutely. So that might be next for us. Very cool. That would yeah. be
0: great. Yeah. I'd love to, love to see that. So with some of the executives and the, the leaders you work with and stuff, um, what's that, what do you look for in a leader? What makes mm. a good leader?
1: Yeah, boy, that's another good question too. I'm what I look for. Yeah,
0: these. I ask questions. That's what I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right. And they're good ones. Thank you. Um, I I love leaders who have who are able to check their ego at the door and understand that that leadership is about influencing not about telling people what to do um they they are the ones who hold the overarching vision mm-hmm. And are able to influence and enroll people into this vision,
0: Nice.
1: Um, and so that's what I look for. I, I, I you know, telling people what to do—that's not even fun. No, <laughs> <laughs> right. But when you a leader who's able to bring the element of team uh, to the project, that is a that is a powerful and effective leader. And I and I am so respectful of people who have that skill set.
0: Absolutely. No, that's perfect. Good stuff. Um, any books in the works?
1: Um, boy, a lot of talk about it. There's yeah. a lot of talk about it. I, uh, You've got a wife, lot of
0: material. It. You've got a lot of material to draw from.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of talk about it. And <laughs> uh, it, not yet, but for sure in the future. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I
0: hope you do. Yeah. And once you do, we'll have you back on the program. How's that?
1: Excellent. Excellent.
0: Perfect. Well, Fletcher, this has been amazing. Um, do you you're offering um, your program, the practice of feeling good in business and life? Are you offering yeah. that program now virtually, or is it live or both? Uh,
1: virtually and live. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, and and I should just say, if anybody, uh, you're anybody listening, if they want to email me, uh, you can get the the free. Uh, there's a, just a five series course. You can, you're welcome to to email me. I'll send that to you. Uh, there's no charge for it. Um, And you can visit me at Fletcher Ellingson.com or the practice of feeling good.com and uh, take advantage of some of my just online free resources there.
0: Excellent.
1: And uh, yeah.
0: Very cool. Well, I'm definitely going to check it out. Okay, cool. The free course. Yeah. Like I said, I need to get past that fear of cold calling at some point. (laughs) (laughs) There's a can of dog food waiting for me. I'm sure. (laughs) Fletcher, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the, the program. Thanks for, uh, for sharing. And uh, yeah, definitely looking for, looking for more, any more experiments, any more experiments in the works?
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm definitely going to continue to do the rejection experiment because the things that turn up as a result of it are just so inspiring and encouraging. And there are so many lessons every time.
0: Very cool. All right. Well, we will definitely follow your progress. That is great. So thanks again for being on the show listeners. Hope you guys uh, were taking notes. Uh, Cause there's some good takeaways from here and definitely check out uh, Fletcher's website and uh, get that, that, what is it? five, five, yeah, part five series.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice.
0: Do that. And uh, yeah, if you like this episode, make sure you share it with your family, friends, and colleagues and stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me. Coach Harlan saying so long for now.